Hello and welcome to another episode of Infinite Games. Before we dive in, I just want to mention this episode is what we call Story of the Week, where we talk about kind of a current event that's been happening that interests us. Uh, one of the downsides to this is that current events tend to evolve over time. And we recorded this uh, a couple weeks ago and already things have changed. So we're still going to publish this episode and uh, share what our thoughts were at the time of the recording. But if you've been following uh, the story, you may know some things that we didn't know when we recorded this. So anyway, that's my disclaimer. Let's dive in. All right. So yeah, this is a new format that we have not done before, which is basically story of the week. We're just going to talk about something that happened sort of in our, our general orbits and just see what we think about it and see where the conversation leads. So <laughs> the one this week is going to be Constitution Dow. I'll admit to me, this I'm, I'm interested in talking about this, but almost as like a meme. Like I think this mm -hmm. is kind of goofy. Uh, so even if you roll your eyes every time you hear about this stuff, uh, hopefully for entertainment purposes, this is still a worthwhile conversation. Basically, for anyone who didn't follow, there uh, the Constitution asterisk, which I'll explain in a second, was just went up for auction. Um, it wasn't my my impression is there's like the one original Constitution, and then there were like six copies or something like that made. Oh, like Thirteen, I think both of us are wrong, but it's in okay. the <laughs> somewhere in there, yeah. <laughs> and all but one of those are privately owned. Um, and the, the one was being auctioned off, or maybe it was privately owned. It was being auctioned. So anyone could buy it. Um, and this was your one chance, it's chance to sort of own a, a pretty legitimate copy of the constitution. So a DAO, again, we just talked about this in a previous episode, a, uh, what distributed autonomous organization. That's what that means. Yeah. Decentralized autonomous organization. So a DAO, like a kind of web three crypto thing spun up to basically say, we're going to raise a bunch of money from you know whoever buys into the DAO, and we're going to use it to bid on the Constitution and try to buy it. And then I think the idea was that they were then going to donate it to a or temporarily lend it temporarily lend it to a museum. Is that any, did I get anything wrong there? Yeah, I, I agree with everything. I don't know uh, what their like goal was. I do have a comment on a few things when it comes to the way they had to structure this legally. Where we probably talked about this before, but it's. They, you're buying governance, right? So you have the right to govern it. You don't own a part of this constitution if they would have won the auction. And that's to, I guess, work around security laws. But one thing that's interesting about governance when we talk about DAOs is being in charge of governance, you could say, okay, we'll put it at this display, which some returns accrue to the treasury of this DAO. And then we're just going to distribute the uh, the returns to ourselves because we, we don't own it, but we govern it and we get to decide what happens there. So I think it's just an interesting like legal work around there. I think mm -hmm. something else that's worth mentioning here when we talk about the unlocks that crypto brings us is around looking at like how fast they were able to raise 40 million and also how they worked around like accreditation laws of a lot of people were sort of upset that, hey, I can only uh, raise for my startup from these accredited investors, but I don't know, it was like close to 10,000 people, I believe, contributed yeah. uh, to bid on this. So I, I don't, I'm not saying like shitting on the rules and regulators that we have in place. I think like we'll probably have a lot of scams if, and we do have a lot of scams now, either way. Uh, but I understand like the role of regulation, but it's also interesting to see to go back to a previous episode around what these DAOs unlock. Well, and yeah, no matter how you, let's just sit on that for a second, because I think that's an interesting point. No matter how you feel about regulations in terms of should you have to be an accredited investor or whatever, 
it can't possibly make sense that raising money through crypto has this totally different set of rules from raising money in USD. It has like either regulation, pr- probably both sides are going to give a bit here. I bet. I, th- I think there's already been a lot of advancements on letting unaccredited investors uh, and like increasing the maximum number of investors that uh, funds are allowed to raise from and stuff like that. I bet that loosens up a little bit, but I would be pretty surprised if the US government doesn't do everything they can to figure out some way to start to regulate these. Even if like mathematically it happens on the blockchain, there's nothing the US government has to do with it. There's nothing stopping them from throwing people in jail for doing it, you know? Yeah, this is a there's a few point places we could go from here. One thing this reminds me of is like the speed of innovation around like the rate of change that we're seeing in the crypto landscape versus the like rate of change of landscape the, of regulation. So I've talked to people and I've never thought about politics this way, but they're just like, I'm not on the right. I'm, I'm not on the left. They're actually like changing their votes. And I'm not saying this is right or wrong, but changing their votes strategically to like keep crypto unencumbered. So like, look, we're just going to like support one side, support another side to just keep their hands tied. But I think even without that, it's interesting to see like the rate of innovation. I I do feel like DeFi is much further along than like the cultural side, NFT side of crypto is where you're looking at things like uh, there's a protocol called Alchemex where they have this concept of like self repaying loans. So if you have 100K in ETH, you could take $50,000 out of that in USD. And all you have to do is like stake the ETH that you have and the loan will like pay itself off. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to like risk liquidation. You only have to wait. And I don't know if like that, that form factor ever existed in our traditional system. I know we have like portfolio loans, but this is a different mechanism. If that ever existed, if there's for some like weird arcane reason, we don't have that in the traditional system. But the thing is that like these teams, one workaround is like they could go anonymous. You have a lot of like anonymous creators. We don't know who created the Board 8 Yacht Club. Um, so like these are anonymous creators. And that's one way they have like security via anonymity, if you will, around like throwing people in jail. Um, but yeah, that just comes to mind. I guess the bigger idea there is the speed at which crypto is changing and like what permissionless innovation does versus the speed at which, and you made a good point on a previous episode about China versus the US and how fast one nation can build a railroad or a skyscraper versus how long it would take. And it's like, okay, there's a flip side to everything. And this comes to bite the US in the ass a little bit. The fact that they're they're they have to move so slow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Okay. Back to the, the constitution Dow. like, I don't know. What are your, what are your thoughts about this? I sort of ignored it because I just have this this thing of like, I saw it picking up steam. I thought it, it was going to actually succeed. I thought the bid was going to succeed. But actually, good point. Let's pause for a second. So what did yeah. happen? This guy, I think it's Ken Griff, Griff, Griffin uh, from Citadel. I think was he one of the biggest investors in Robinhood or something. But like a lot of people from Wall Street bets were like pissed off that they halted trading on GameStop. Yeah. And yeah, this was just like a petty clapback where it's just like, I know exactly what you can bid and I will go. And that, that's just a weakness when we talk about DAOs, the level of transparency that you have to like, it's a trustless system, but to be trusted, uh, like your cards, everything can be inspected. Like your cards are yeah. on the table. Yeah. I thought this was, I, I kind of appreciate a good troll. I have no opinion on the whole GameStop Citadel thing, but for anyone following that, we all know GameStop, like big meme stock, like kind of the the biggest financial story probably of several years in many ways. 
the guy who ended up buying this copy of the Constitution was the main villain in that story. And he did it just because he knew there was a lot of overlap between GameStop and crypto fans. And he, yeah, he just, he paid $43 million or whatever. I just, I love it. I, I have, I don't know who he is. I don't care about him, but I think that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think this is just the beginning. Uh, I don't think regulation will be able to keep up with the changes that we're seeing in Web3. And I think that's a net positive. There are going to be some downsides, but I think that's a net positive. Yeah, it'll be interesting. There will be a lot of positives and a lot of negatives. Um, I'm not sure I feel comfortable giving a prediction because I I do think it's absolutely it's there's no justification, I don't think, for a normal person. And by normal, I mean non-accredited investor cannot invest in a startup, but they can take all their money to Vegas and gamble it. Like, I'm not saying it's a good idea. I think if if unaccredited investors could invest in startups, I bet a lot of them get scammed. But I, I you that's, get scammed that's every time you play the lotto. You get scammed every yeah. time you buy insurance on something that you could pay cash for. Exactly. So I. I appreciate that the government wants to protect people from making bad investments, but I kind of think you need to regulate it on the other end, if at all. You need to basically say, don't scam people, not, hey, you're not allowed to put your money into this thing. So I like that aspect of it. If if this was a weird end around to like, and and also I know there are a number of uh, funds. We talk about uh, company funds sometimes. I've heard the same thing from uh, micro... uh, Tiny Seed, sorry, Tiny Seed. I'm so bad at remembering their names. Um, mm-hmm. That they can't like they can't accept money from people putting in small amounts of money because there's a cap on the number of investors they're allowed to have. Nobody can explain why this cap exists. So yeah. I'm all for disrupting that type of thing, but uh, I don't know. There's a lot of bad stuff that could come out of it too. Yeah, this is sort of a spinoff bullish or bearish and. I guess what I want to comment on next is bullish or bearish on the ability to regulate this space. I think the like biggest stronghold that regulators have now is around the like fiat on ramps and off ramps of the coin bases where they're technically a bank and they're like highly regulated in terms of like how much you can buy, how much you could take out of your Coinbase account each day. Uh, and that's largely tied to regulation. But in a lot of areas, like we talked about around like throwing people in jail, if there's like an anonymous creator or these other things, I wonder if it if it actually harms uh, net on net, whether it harms the U.S. or any other regulator, if they try to like flex their strength in this area, because it's like uh, a lot of uh, a lot of slash some of these areas, like you really have no control. And that just becomes obvious to more people the louder you scream that you're not in control. See, this I just what I agree. In a previous episode. No, go ahead, please. I think, yeah. I think they have a lot of control. I, mm-hmm. I mean, they can't, there's very little they can do to stop someone in Russia from doing any of this, but they can arrest, like if, if, if they can figure out someone did it in the U S they can arrest them. Um, now figuring out that someone did it, you could say, well, it's all anonymous and stuff like that, but, this stuff, one way or another, most of it right now comes back to real world assets. Yeah, and I think that how do I put this? I'm thinking about like Nigeria, and you mentioned Russia. Like it's, I keep using 
cryptocurrency, like the major ones, Bitcoin, Ethereum is like a prelude to talk about like NFTs and DAOs because the adoption curve seems so similar. Like the people who doubt it seem so similar. <laughs> they could probably like, okay, if they want to put Vitalik in jail, they can put Vitalik in jail. There's no conclusive evidence on like who the hell Satoshi is. That goes back to like anonymity, right? Most of us think we know like who Satoshi is, but it's like there's he's even dead if it's that person. But that's that's the other thing. But when you talk about like thousands or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people using this protocol, when does it become like politically infeasible? If we like really get into the weeds to do this. So, yeah, you can probably put Vitalik in jail, but even Vitalik will tell you like he doesn't have like meaningful sway. He has influence, but not meaningful yeah. sway on like the future of Ethereum. That's not how I'm imagining this getting regulated. When I say throwing people in jail, I don't mean the creators get thrown in jail. I mean, basically, report this as income or get thrown in jail. Um, and this is how a lot of, you know, this is like famously how several mob bosses got arrested and stuff like that. They never caught them committing the actual crime. They just committed, caught them committing tax fraud. Um, I don't think it would be that hard to say, if you don't report this, you go to jail. And if you do report it, we can reg we can now regulate it in the sense that we can put them rules like you oh too many people invested in this DAO that's illegal for whatever reason. Um, I'm not talking about them going after the the heads of the organizations necessarily. Yes, I agree with you in the near term, and I would even point to these exit taxes that have been a while around a while. And the reason why I'm pointing to exit taxes is looking at countries like Portugal of saying like, look, we're not going to tax crypto gains. So this gets into like the whole like charter city the thesis where you're having a like market economy for nation states where they're actually competing for citizens now. That's a long ways off in the near term. Yeah. And if you're trying to leave and you have a wealth above a certain level and they can verify that you're going to pay like an exit wealth tax, if you will. Um, but long term, I think we even see like, again, a market for citizenship, a market for citizens. Yeah. Um, yep. Cool. So let me pull back to the Constitution DAO again. There were two thoughts I had about it itself. One, I read an article that I just thought was hilarious. Uh, it wasn't trying to be, but it was talking about the struggles that the DAO was having. Someone has to literally go pick it up if you win the auction. And they're just like, they can't, they can't figure out what's going on here. <laughs> like, it's this virtual anonymous thing. Who is going to go to the South Southabees, however you say it, auction house and pick up this thing? It's an interesting, we talked about this in the last episode, right? Crypto, when it's all in that Web3 world, it's nice and clean. It's pretty messy sometimes when it spills over to, okay, now we actually own this physical piece of paper. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't have anything else to say other than I thought that was funny. Yeah, this is a point that proves your previous point, again, at least in the near term, where the people that were on the quote unquote multi-sig, I'm saying quote unquote, the multi-sig, deciding like who has access to the funds, what happens to the funds. This is aside from this like decentralized voting. Most of those people weren't anonymous, like uh, mm -hmm. Cooper Turley and these other people. So and when you talk about like who's going to pick it up, I think the interesting thing for me is around like storage fees or deciding like, okay, like what storage fees are acceptable, these types of things. Mm -hmm. But you have, I can't, I think it's like nine, they did something, or maybe it's 13 and then nine out of 13 have to agree in the multi-sig for any action to occur. And they tried to model that behind like some deeper idea in the constitution itself there. Uh, but yeah, I, th I think they could coordinate and do that. 
But again, that goes back to us not trying to like replace Twitter or Facebook or like create these analogs to this previous world, but do these new unlocks. But yeah. I also would say, even with these complications, this is just the beginning of, I've heard of like a Domino's DAO where they're trying to like buy Domino's with a DAO. Will it succeed? <laughs> Probably not, but that just goes like back buy the whole world. company. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Like, this should not be viewed as like a, a failure on on DAOs in general that they failed to buy this, like not even the real constitution. Um, the final thought that I had, I also read an article about it that said it was like doing this whole like, oh, these people are benevolent. They just want to buy it and, and donate it to a museum. Nobody's making any money off of this. And like, I follow a number of people on Twitter who are ta- who are like, what's the word? Like they bought in. Mm-hmm. They're very much planning on making money off of it. They were. I, yeah, I kind of wonder what happens to the money now. But they, the way all of these communities want to make money is by selling the tokens that they buy, not by selling, in this case, the physical asset. They're not. Their plan is not to sell the constitution. It's to sell to- their tokens one day at a higher price to someone else. It's sort of analogous to, uh, I think, a investing in a company that doesn't give dividends. Like if I invest in, you know, I, I don't know off the top of my head who does and doesn't invest, uh, give dividends, but I assume like unprofitable companies probably don't. So like Uber, if I invest in Uber, um, I, I'm still planning on making money off of that, even though I don't expect Uber to ever give me any money, which I feel like in the mainstream, I realize you're very in the like, you know what you're talking about and you're talking to other people who know what they talk about world. But I feel like in the mainstream world, like I read this on CNN.com, like that point was really missed. Yeah, I think there's a lot of things there where it took me a while to like wrap my head around what was going on in the case of Uber. And it's, I think that system works and this is not talking about DAOs at all, but like just public companies because you have that like threat that's always, I'd say threat that's always there of like, okay, if Uber stock goes down to like a fraction of a penny and anyone can buy the company, they can then take it private. So it's like this backup, backup, backup promise that like keeps the price up right mm-hmm. uh to keep some like somewhat of a like true value to keep the keep the price in check there but then bringing this back to i guess the constitution dow i do think that for most people there's like a product profit motive uh i also think that in some dows some nft projects some cryptocurrencies there are these like true believers like unreasonable like quote unquote, like religious people. And it's like, that's, those are like the powerful projects. Like you have these people that will trade you anything for Bitcoin or whatever. And they'll like scream at you on Twitter. If like we say anything about, about Bitcoin, but in the same way that like that, that that's what makes the system works because there are like so many cryptocurrencies out there that are like technically equivalent or better, quote unquote, better than Bitcoin. But you have the belief, right? You have the story, um, people that believe in that. But going back to the Constitution down, like what are these people actually buying? I think I don't want to generalize across DAOs, but I'm going to compare the Constitution down to the ENS DAO, where the founders of the ENS DAO, like the major players, the founder, his COO behind it, uh, they tried to make it very clear that, look, we airdropped you these tokens and you have like responsibility to govern. This isn't like, hey, I just airdropped you tens of thousands of dollars. Now you have a responsibility to govern. If I was a betting person, I'll say that like, I don't know, 10 years from now, there's a 70, 80% chance that 
the people that are governing ENS have voted to like pay themselves some proceeds of people that are renewing these ETH domains and doing this. So regardless of like what we try to put into place, I think the profit motive is going to eke out. And I think it's there um, for most people that are buying into the Constitution. Now, you don't necessarily know how you're going to get paid off. I bought crypto t- cryptos earlier this year and got like airdropped three pairs of socks that I sold for not 3,900 bucks total. Like you just don't know what's going to happen. And it's just these. Um, yeah, I think that's yeah. what most people were betting on. Yeah. 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 You said profit motive. And I do think we, we don't have time to get into this right now, but one of, I don't think I've said it quite in these terms, but one of my biggest concerns with all this web three stuff is, and I'm not the first person who said this, a lot of proponents of it seem to think technology can be used to solve human problems. And the same human flaws that ruined our current system are gonna still going to be there, <laughs> even if it's anonymous and even if it's decentralized. That's a point I make to a lot of people when they say like a uh, window for the trans VC community. And I'm talking to people like Jess Laws from C Club and like these other like DAO authorities. And most of them would agree that like the infrastructure behind this is very nascent. But I would also say that I said this in a previous episode, but like the bar is a lot higher when it's understood that, look, we're not going to be working arm's length away from each other. We may not be in the same city or the same country. I may not know who you are and I have to build a system that works even when I don't know your identity. So I think the bar is a lot higher uh, for these quote unquote organizations than it is for like more centralized companies. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Web 2.0 started out decentralized too. We'll see what happens. <laughs> the open web yeah, is I fully decentralized. That, I that it's going to be a I, centralization has a place and people don't necessarily understand what they're trading off either when they talk about like Solana versus Ether. Like they just, they yeah. prioritize different things. Ethereum has never went down. Solana has went down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're pretty much at time here, so maybe we can call unless you got any closing thoughts. Uh, Nope. That's it. Y'all good? All right. Cool. Good talking to you. See you later. You too. Later.